0: Where Oaken Hearts Do Gather, Rowd 423, Child 313, is a traditional English folk ballad. Like many traditional songs, the lyrics are unattributed. Child transcribed 20 verses, and a 20 verse got added later, and is included here for some unknown reason. I keep writing to the lyric explainer mods to get someone to delete it or include it as a separate entry, but nobody responds, and all they've done is put brackets around it. Sometimes I hate this site. Most modern recordings pick and choose verses and include far fewer than the full 20. There are several variant titles, and the characters' names shift throughout the various broadsides and folk and rock versions. Bonnie Last, 67. 11 upvotes. Lightning Recap. In Where Oaken Hearts Do Gather by Sarah Pinsker. A bunch of dorks on the internet talk about uh, the minutiae of a dorky thing so that we uh, dorks here in real life can then talk about it.
1: We have been made aware that you are in possession of a little time.
0: And a small avian creature has told us that we have a tiny podcast.
1: This is Short Story Short Podcast, a podcast for you, because we can. And among the other things we can do is read one story a week. That's all. That's all we can do. What story should we have read this week?
0: We should have read, and did in fact, because we are good students who do our homework, where oaken hearts do gather by Sarah Pinsker.
1: This is a story that defines what I love about postmodernist literature. <laughs> this is uh, this is basically House of Leaves without the actual story aspect.
0: (laughs) See, to me, this is a story that defines what it is I love about literary analysis and criticism. (laughs) This this (laughs) story is why I was an English major so I could live this for four years.
1: (laughs) And again, this is another story that plays with form that is uh, a form that is referencing a non-traditional storytelling methodology. This is not what you use to tell a story. This is what you use to show an analysis, which you seem to be fond of.
0: <laughs> Very much so. If, uh, if anyone needs somebody to nitpick the uh, tiny little minutiae of any sort of literary entity, I am here for you. And I will do that because, yes, that is essentially what it is. It's telling a story through criticism, which is amazing. I personally love that. I also love that as this is our second year doing. Um, as we neglected to mention, this is one of the final of our Hugo-nominated stories that we're going to be talking about this year. As we spent the the year doing this, or this this time uh, uh, for the second time in, the, in a row for the second year, I'm seeing this. That every kind of bunch of nominees has a few of those sort of postmodernist things that play with form and structure, and uh, I'm really enjoying seeing what novel kind of stuff is out there.
1: And we've gotten two of those this year, which is great. Uh, this one, though, has some some pretty amazing. One, it does what great stories like this do. And it, it lets you be one of the participants in this conversation. And I think this one might be specifically talking about you. I found my people. That's the first time somebody has ever beaten me to mentioning Rydell's work in a conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> I could picture you saying that.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. That sounds like something I would say, um, absolutely. And I love that we, we got a very clear view of the personalities of each of these people through their posts, which is basically like conveying personality entirely through dialogue and without any sort of extraneous filter like other characters' viewpoints or a narrator or anything like that. So, for instance, it takes a little while of uh, what it's, uh, Barrow, Barrow Boy, mm-hmm. being this jackass who always likes to say like that every single thing is a stretch. Yes. <laughs> it, it takes a little while for that to be like, okay, that's enough. And for somebody to be like, okay, dude, like, seriously, can you contribute beyond that? And so we get those different participants that you have when you have a disparate group of people coming together to all talk about something that... They share an interest in, in but not necessarily for the same motivations and the same uh, aspects of it that they like. And you're going to have a bunch of different people, and you're going to have, you know, uh, uh, Bonnie Lass and Hang the DJ and Barrow Boy and these different types of personalities that are all drawn here for different reasons.
1: Yes, I love Hang the DJ because I'll always go for a Smiths reference. Also, funny story. Looking at I love the listen to, and then it has listen to the Kingston Trio where Oaken Hearts do gather. Uh, listen to Joan Baez, who played at my school when I was in elementary school. Yeah, apparently she had a niece or something go to my go to my school. And then my cousin Jerry from The Grateful Dead, of course. <laughs> Did you actually click on what I consider to be the greatest band name I never thought of? Moby K. Dick.
0: Yes, because I saw that that was the only one that you could click on, even though I was dying to hear the Decemberist version of it. Me too. But too too lazy to seek it out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the Moby K. Dick version so, like, oh. And I really, I wonder if it is just Moby doing covers of Philip K. Dick stories,
0: or... (laughs) Oh, that would be amazing. Yes. Yes. I choose to believe whether or not it is true. That this is the case. Yes.
1: And I didn't go through the whole thing, but did we get the entire song quoted at various points? I, I believe. I so. think so. It
0: feels like they went through the whole thing, including that 21st lyric that is, you know, seems extraneous or seems to have been added after the original composition. So I feel like we got everything, even the stuff that might not have been part of the original.
1: Mm, you are probably right. And I love the uh, the wonderful word, did this ropped butcher have a son who was hanged? The word ropped I have never heard and is brilliant.
0: <laughs> well, I think he was just um, shortening Robert.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, technically. Um, also, it does totally makes sense that Dolly Parton did a cover.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I got a kick out of the fact that uh, this kind of came home a little bit um, because it, the, uh, who you might consider kind of the main character, uh, this Henry Martin dude who mm-hmm. is doing a whole documentary about this song and everything and traveling for it. And it's discovered that he's from Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which is a a town I know well.
1: Oh, and that's actually interesting. I think with that documentary, again, it brings me right back to uh, House of Leaves, that the documentarian is the one who finds the weird thing and kind of happens here. (laughs) But what's beautiful is that where we get the glimpses of... What they are talking about—it's—it's it's almost the mundane compared to the fantastical, which is where they're going. And I find that interplay fascinating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a big part of it because they're going for all these fantastical uh, readings and fantastical interpretations of the ballad. Or they start, you know, kind of leaning in that way. It doesn't—it doesn't break that way from the start, but it takes a little while, and then they they do that. And meanwhile, if you if you read it the way I read it, there's something fantastical happening in real life as they're even investigating this this ballad and its meaning and its origins. And they're not even seeing it, which is hilarious to me.
1: Interesting. And that that actually. okay, I'm with you on this. I'm with you. But you're on an incredibly short lease counselor.
0: But don't you think, okay, Henry Martin. There's a woman and there she has sisters that is very identical to what happens in the ballad itself. And Henry Martin is going to go out for her, go, going to go out with her for a walk in the woods in this place where this thing might have happened in the Oaks years ago. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like that's definitely where our minds are supposed to be going and sort of filling in those blanks.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, the spoiler for real they chopped and burned all the oak trees they could find jenny's older sister said it was barbarous and i've seen the result myself everything is new growth from the past 40 years since they stopped their that practice but you can see the damage done that's to me is sort of where you really see the turn although my favorite line in the entire thing is i'm anti-villagers with torches and pitchforks generally by the dj
0: Uh, I think my favorite line was another hang the DJ comment. Greek chorus back for an encore of their greatest hit. I told you so. (laughs) That might be one of the best lines I've ever read. That's fantastic.
1: You're going to use that in everyday speech. And you know what? I'm here for it.
0: 100%. 100%. I'm stealing that and I'm going to incorporate it into my daily life.
1: (laughs) I think you should make it your identity.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's now going to be my full name on my driver's license. <laughs> Greek course back for an encore, their greatest hit. I told you so. Dash hang the DJ.
1: <laughs> oh, I am going to love saying, telling this story when I get older, which will be tomorrow. And they actually, it's interesting when it becomes exceptionally metatextual. Not that it's not metatextual already, <laughs> but the uh, um, and this reminder again from a narrator that we have no reason to disbelieve, saying that it's a love she takes, not a victim. Rihanna <laughs> um, <laughs> You could apply that one sentence to the entire story. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of look at this type of story as sort of the Blair Witch of fiction, is that you, because I'll admit it, I looked up to see whether or not this is a real song, and I can't say what I found. It's, the world's not ready. Um, (laughs) But this idea that you are, that it's not necessarily presenting the thing that makes it real. It is presenting a world around a thing, referencing the thing, dependent on the thing that makes it real to us. It's the entire idea of curatorship that you have, that you have to be able to tie it outside of itself for it to have any import.
0: Yeah, it's this melding of the the fictional and the real that really, um, I think, makes it a true like, mind-bender of a piece. Mind-bender. Mind Bender.
1: Yes. I think this is, you know, this is a great story that, honestly, if you approach it looking for what I want is a story, you're not, maybe not going to cotton to this as quickly as some of the others that we've, okay, two of the others. <laughs> One and a half of the others. <laughs> because I think this is the overarching, Chris goes for the big picture now. The overarching theme, I think, of this year's Hugo-nominated short stories, and maybe I didn't mention, I'm nominated too, Best Fanzing.
0: You haven't <laughs> mentioned at all, not once.
1: Shocking, um Is that the view of what a good science fiction or fantasy story is has opened up so broadly that it can now grab these stories that are uh, using metatextual Uh, elements that are playing with form more and more and more that are not necessarily uh, taking the ring to Mordor uh, or blasting spaceships and having to make difficult choices (laughs) stories we I don't think maybe I'm wrong we don't have any sort of spacefaring this year do we
0: I don't believe so everything felt very philosophical
1: that's a great word philosophical
0: yes everything felt like it was examining some aspect of life through a microscope or through a telescope but never quite lifting off of earth and i i really appreciated that because i mean i, I don't think i'd want that every single year but it feels right that kind of at that kind of sort of uh, i guess uh, simultaneous navel gazing or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't think any of it was nasal gazing. gazing. No,
0: I, don't, I, I, I picked the wrong word. I'm not really sure what it is, but um, sort of examination of our place in the, in the universe and in, in this verse.
1: I'm going to go contemplative. I think one of the beauties of this list is how each one plays with each other in an unexpected way. Where you have recognizable forms, uh, and in this case, recognizable online forms playing uh, with each other, you have the idea of a of the reexamination of tradition that we're seeing. You have this idea of the scope that things are looking at, and instead of being as broad as you know, some people would say that speculative fiction should be. And this is all speculative fiction. I don't think any of it qualifies for slipstream. And I had an argument with myself about that.
0: Yeah, I can see that argument being made. And I'm with you that I don't feel like it qualifies as slipstream, mainly because usually I I strongly dislike. I just have just a natural aversion to slipstream. And I didn't really have an aversion to any of this.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the beautiful things is every story we read, I had some affinity towards, yes. And I'm going to say it right now: my vote, number one, where open hearts do gather.
0: You know. All right, give me one second to to go over the list one more time, kind of in my head, and sort of refresh my memory and make sure that I'm not, um, you know, that 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 my mouth is where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we're Oakenhurst together. Yeah, yeah, that's where I am. That's, that's, that's my vote.
1: Yeah, I think- We're Oakenhurst together. Uh, up until I read this one just minutes ago, um, I was all about uh, Sin of America mm-hmm. and followed by Proof of Induction. I think those were my two. And then of course I flashed back and went, oh, but the Twitter story. And then I had a bite to eat and I felt better. And then I said, okay, 100%. Proof by induction, but this is the winner.
0: It's very much representative of the community as a whole, of any community that is gathered around any one particular piece of media or type of media or genre or subgenre, sub, 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 subgenre, whatever. And it's very much this sort of picking things apart, sometimes too much, sometimes dissecting the butterfly. And It's very much representative of that, which I feel like a lot of the speculative fiction world can strongly relate to. I feel like a lot of them can see themselves in this. And that doesn't make it fan service in any way, I don't think. It's not quite like that. It's more that it's Uh, taking that form, using it to tell a story that is just an undercurrent, really. It's, It's a hint of a story. I like it as a story, but it's just a hint of a plot. And using it to examine how we all come together and how one piece of art can bring us all together or tear us apart.
1: You know, they say love will tear us apart again. I don't believe them, but sure.
0: No, they're lying. They're lying.
1: Yeah. All liars. All songwriters are liars. <laughs> Got any more on this one?
0: Just that I feel that it was the most appropriate story to end our Hugo series on. Because it really is, uh, was like reading on uh, on a screen what we do talking into microphones every week.
1: <laughs> you are absolutely correct. And you know what? I don't think we should do it for another well, until I'd say the end of August. You know what? I think you're
0: right. I think this is a good, good note to end on for just a little while. Not forever. No, we'll be back
1: because we we'll be have back more for stories. Three.
0: Yes. We have more stories to talk about. I have one sitting in my browser on one of my 30 tabs that are open in yes. my, on my phone. And I've been meaning to send it to you. <laughs> And or at least read it and make sure that I wasn't just drawn in by a catchy title. And so we're already prepping for season three of uh, Little Story Tiny Podcast.
1: (laughs) Yes. And you know what I'm going to do with my break?
0: What are you going to do with your break?
1: I'm going to finish my book.
0: Nice. I'm going to finish my book, the book I'm reading, and your short story that you sent me.
1: Oh, yeah, I did send you one. Um, Yes. Well, in that case, you know what? What? This has been the short story.
0: The short podcast. See you in season three.
1: Season three, y'all.